0: If you'll have your copy of the Word of God, turn to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Daniel, chapter 3. I read an article recently by an author, and he asked a question that provoked me to think. And I hope it will provoke your thinking as well. He said, imagine you're handed a script of your child's life, and then you're given an eraser, and you're told you have five minutes to edit out whatever you want. Whatever you read that you don't want your child to experience, you can erase out of the manuscript. And as you begin reading your child's manuscript so quickly, you, you read and you come to the point where you realize they have a learning disability, and you realize that with a learning disability your child will have a problem reading, your child will have a problem in education, he's going to have, have difficulties, he's going to be trying to, do you erase the disability from your child's life? You read further and you notice your child makes a number of friends during high school. But the one he's closest to, the one that they've developed the strongest relationship, contracts cancer and they die. Do you edit out that friendship so your child will not have to experience that type of grief at such a young age? Your child goes to college. Your child is doing well. But he finds himself in a car wreck and he loses his leg. Do you amputate Or do you erase that out of your child's life your child gets a wonderful job but then there's an economic downfall and they go through a time of difficulty stress they lose their job and do you erase that out of your child's life you've got the script of someone else's life in your hands what would you erase what would you leave for them to experience no matter what the suffering, no matter what the pain, or no matter what the uncertainty? See, see, most of us as parents, we try to spare our children from suffering loss, rejection, adversity. And, and many times we do want to take it and prevent things from happening in their life. But, but what do you do with the simple fact is that God has divine appointments that each of us will face, each of us must face. And if we don't face these, it will hinder our faith-filled life and the fruitfulness of the life that God wants us to live. Apostle James makes it clear about trials and testings of faith. In James chapter 1, verse 2-4, to four, it says, Your faith produces endurance and the depths of spiritual maturity when it is tested. So many people, today, they live with the idea that, that God doesn't know when to use the eraser. That they live with this mindset that, that, that when something happens bad, they say, God, why did you let this natural calamity, this natural disaster take place? God, why don't you make everybody healthy? God, why don't you stop this? Why don't you stop that? Why don't you stop the bad thing? If you're really God, why don't you erase those things? So what do you do with the fact that if your best life in the mind of God involves the dismantling of your life because it's through that process that God will make you into the man, the woman of faith that he intends you to be. I always struggle with with a story from North Korea that happened over 50 years ago with the first Kim Sung where thousands of believers were lined up and they were told, deny your faith or we'll run over you with a bulldozer. And thousands of believers were crushed to death, not because they lacked faith, but because they refused to renounce their faith. And their bodily remains were used to line roadbeds throughout the surrounding cities of North Korea. And today there's more than 200,000 believing descendants of those who were crushed under Kim's son, the new dictator, and they're praying they might be as faithful to the will of God as their parents and their grandparents were faithful. You see, God doesn't promise us a life of ease. God doesn't promise us a life of comfort and luxury. But God promises us as we live unto His glory and we know Him that in heaven someday, in heaven someday, we will understand Because in that day, everything is perfect. You see, many times when you're guaranteed immediate comfort, usually that's the devil offering you something. Because you see, when when Satan came to Eve in the garden, he said, here's the secret to happiness, here's the secret to wisdom, just listen to me. And she did, and it wasn't a pleasant experience And when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, he said, Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything you can imagine. That's the way the devil is. He promises us good and he always delivers with bad. He never tells us the complete story. And so, therefore, you've got to keep your mind focused on Christ and yielded to the Word of God in all that you are. So, you see, what do you do if God takes you from bad to worse? Because he's got a plan that you don't even realize at this moment. Adonaira Judson, he was a pioneer missionary, and and, and he was imprisoned unjustly because the people thought he was collaborating with the British government when they sent troops to fight against the Burmese in the early 1800s. And and, and Adonaira's wife... Uh, she did everything she could to, to feed her husband while he was in prison. But, but she, she fell sick and she was suffering. And they had a three-month-old baby. And in fact, she got so sick that she could not care for her child herself. And the jailer would let Adoniram out of jail for a few hours each day so he could carry his infant child down to a nursing Burmese mother so that she could feed his baby so the baby could live. Where's God in that? Well, God is the same place he always is. He's on his throne. God is the same place he was when Jesus put out his hands and feet and was nailed to a cross. He's on his throne. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And the way he accomplishes his purpose is not by bypassing certain experiences in life, but by allowing certain difficulties and trials and testings and hardship into our life to develop us into the men, the women of God, of faith that he wants us to be. That's what Peter talked about in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, do not be surprised at the fiery trial among you, which comes upon you for your testing. There will be testings. There will be trials. And that brings us to Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubics, and a breadth thereof six cubics. And he set up on the plain of Jura in the providence of Babylon. He built a 90-foot tall image 11 miles away from the center of Babylon so that the people there would bow down and worship this false god he, he did this mainly as a reaction I believe to chapter 2 which we, we we skipped over but in chapter 2 Daniel interprets the king the king's dream Nebuchadnezzar's dream and and, and basically it said my god is sovereign and Nebuchadnezzar here he's saying oh yeah He appreciated Daniel's interpretation. He appreciated Daniel's God, but he wanted to say, my God is sovereign, not Jehovah God. And so look what it says in verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them, saying, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at the time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a fiery furnace and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands you talk about intimidation See, 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 see they, they made this resolution. They passed this law that everybody shows up. Nobody's excused. If you're in town, you have to be there. You can't say I've got a cold. You can't say something came up. You can't say my chariot had a wheel that broke or my horse was fit sick. you got to be there. So here they are on the plain of Jura. All the, the, the multitude, the thousands, they're standing there. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew what was expected of them. They were to bow when the music plays. Do you bow down? well, I'm going to bend my knee, but I'm not going to bow my heart. That's what a lot of times people have the idea. And they try to rationalize and excuse their lack of faith. And they renounce their faith instead of standing on their faith. And you know how the story goes, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down. And when they refused to bow down, they got in trouble. This wasn't an oversight with them. They knew exactly what they were doing. You see, everybody was there. Nobody got a free pass. And when everybody bowed down but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do you think they stood out by merely standing? Doesn't it say in Ephesians, stand? Sometimes we can't run. We're definitely not flying, but the Word of God says, stand. And so they bring them to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, he says, now boys, maybe you misunderstood what I said, and I'm going to give you one more chance. That was a very odd thing for the king, for Nebuchadnezzar, to say, you get another chance. And I don't even understand why. But if he said, I'm going to give you one more chance. But this time, if you don't bow down, I'm going, to take I'm, going to, I'm going to take that fiery furnace and I'm going to heat it hotter. And I'm going to throw you into the fire. I've been sharing a lot about the fire of God lately. And I read a sentence today as I was reading. And it says, if you're going to stand in the fire, you have to have a faith that's on fire. So what are you on fire for? Is it a sporting team? Is it a hobby? Is it a pastime? Maybe it's your family. Or are you on fire for Christ? Is your faith on fire? And so these three Hebrew boys, they didn't bat an eye. They didn't hesitate. They didn't even ask for a time to pray. They simply said, Nebuchadnezzar, you need to understand We will not bow. You can take us and you can put us into the fire, but our God is able. And right there is where we want to stop and say, hallelujah, yes, our God is able. But we seem to forget the but-if-not parts of life. See, the issue is not, is God able the issue many times in the life that we experience just as they did is if he doesn't answer the way that is most convenient for me, if he doesn't deliver me from this difficult situation, if he lets me experience the pain, the hurts, the trials, I'm still going to serve him. Are you? That's the question. Will you serve him when he doesn't come through like you think he should come through they had settled the issue but if not we will not bow down we will not yield to what you have said and so Nebuchadnezzar he flew hot with rage he flew hot with anger he had that furnace heated seven times hotter and they walked up that that, that ramp that would lead to the mouth of it and the men who were, who were there to take them and throw them as they had bound their hands there to throw them into the fire when that door was open of that furnace they fell dead being consumed by the heat themselves and Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they fell into the fire why didn't God just send a great big wind and blow over that 90 foot tall statue why didn't God just take all those instruments and the music that was being played and just unplug it where nobody could hear it why didn't God just, just say, well, boys, you've stood for me, and I'm going to take you secretly out the back way. And no, no, he didn't deliver them from the mouth of the fire. He delivered them in the fire. And he still does that. But you've got to have faith to stand in the fire. And these Hebrew boys went down into that fire, and the only thing the fire did, do you realize this? was it consumed the bonds that were binding them, and they were free. And that's what trials do. That's what testings do. Yes, they are difficult. Yes, they are hard. But they tend to prove your faith in the God, and it gives you new freedom in Christ Jesus. And when Nebuchadnezzar leaned over and looked, he said, did we not cast three into the fiery pit? Yes, king, we did. He said, well, why is there four men down there? And the fourth one looks like the son of the living God. See, Jesus showed up there when they stood for him. Jesus showed up just like he did, my friends, when Stephen stood and was being stoned again. Jesus showed up just like he did that time in the Old Testament as a theophany. He came to his own. And he'll come to you in the midst of the fire. He'll come to me in the midst of the fire. If we will but stand as he has asked us and called us and enabled us to stand. See, 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 God could have said, No, 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 I'm not gonna let you be falsely accused. See, 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 but God said, No, I will allow you to be falsely accused. I will allow you to stand and feel the anger, the infuriation of the king. I, I'm gonna allow you to be tied up. I'm gonna allow all these things to happen. You'll be carried up the rampart. I'm gonna allow you to fall into the furnace, but hear me, when you go into the fire, I'll be there with you. I'll stand with you. Man. If you had an eraser and you could erase whatever in your child's life what would you do you see we're trying to keep them safe right we're trying to protect them right but sometimes we might tend to erase things that God said hey I'm gonna use that to make them strong I'm going to use that to make them, enable them to stand so so the next generation has a testimony of the living God. Man, God says, I'm your God. You're my child. I love you. I gave my son's life for you. I've imparted the Holy Ghost to you. I've given you the Word of God to speak to you. you've got to stand and live for me because as you stand and live for me you will face difficulties you will face challenges you will face hardship and grief and pain but God says I use it to make you look like my son Jesus so a lost and dying world can see father I pray right now that if there's one here that's lost that they would be saved I pray right now, God, if there's one here who is struggling, God, with obedience, they would understand that's the only path we can walk. Father, teach us to stand in faith, to be yielded to you. Father, guide us. God, help our faith to be on fire so we can stand in the fire. In Jesus' name, amen.